Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Juneteenth Rescission, my interview with Mark Walser of InCenter Appraisal Management on what's going on in the appraisal space, and why we saw a rise in rates to close last week. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mobile-first technology for the modern mortgage lender. Nexus Closing delights homebuyers with a convenient single sign-on closing experience. With a powerful disclosures engine that lets borrowers read, sign, and submit disclosures for many advice, Nexus Closing helps lenders conclude the home financing experience on a high note. Life is too short to waste time matching socks. Yes, time flies. Remember a year ago when A, the announcement of Juneteenth, the new federal holiday, caught everyone off guard time-wise, and B, lenders and vendors were having trouble handling the volume and were hiring like mad? We have more planning time this year. Due to Federal Reserve closure on Monday, June 20th, loan purchase wires cannot be issued that day, as best I can tell, for all creditors. Juneteenth, observed, is counted as a rescission day and is counted for the LE and CD disclosure receipt requirements of the specific business day rule including both the mailbox rule and the required number of days prior to consummation. June 19th is not counted. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Mark Walser of InCenter Appraisal Management. With many AMCs, all that matters are faster turn times and lower prices. When that happens, quality goes out the window. At InCenter Appraisal Management, they're doing things differently by keeping the focus squarely on the integrity of appraisals and the responsiveness of service. Last time we talked, we discussed the particulars of the desktop appraisal and some of the approaches that lenders can take to adopt it. But the industry slowed down quite a bit and many firms, including yours, are now reporting much faster average turn times. Why should lenders still press forward on adoption? That's a great question. You know, you mentioned that the the industry slowdown uh, has has improved appraisal turn times. That's true. I mean, we're, we're running between six and a half to seven days on pretty much every assignment, including complex ones in most of our, our major markets. So yeah, the, a lot of lenders are looking at that and going, why? Uh, you know, if, if, it's, if it's good now. But my answer to that is that supply and demand shocks are coming again in the future. We all know it. We all know this is a downtime and we've all seen those downtimes and uptimes. So as soon as an upcycle comes and there's tremendous volume that hits the industry, uh, you're going to have that same issue that we've been struggling with from 2020 to 2022. Uh, we're, we're going to see the appraisal turn times increase. One of the differences in the next couple of years, we're going to see a wave of appraiser retirements. And that's going to make the already fairly low, you know, low numbers per capita even, even lower. And that's going to cause even more acute uh, stress on the process. So this is the time to future-proof yourself if you're a lender, right? You can bring better access for, for everybody, but you can also build competency in doing these now while it is slower and you can build good processes around it and really be ready for the next time we have an up cycle. Uh, And also, this is a good opportunity to demonstrate that you've taken some tangible action too to regulators and others with the use of tools like this to increase the affordability, the access and equity in appraisals as well. So uh, I think this is actually the best time to to submit it. If I've learned anything about the mortgage industry, it's that people that I think are going to retire never do retire. And they're almost like vampires. They don't even age. But let's <laughs> let, let's talk about uh, appraisal prices for a second here. Do you see appraisal prices leveling as turn times have reduced? 
Yes, uh, we have. Um, so we, we've seen it level out, not necessarily decrease, um, but leveling out means that there's more appraisers reaching out and asking, hey, do you have work? And I'm willing to do them for a little bit less than I was doing them. And that's good that you, you see a lot of that specifically in markets where you have more appraisers per capita, right, uh, in them. Well, but we've also seen kind of a, uh, a pushback in the other direction as well. Gas prices are impacting that. It's another reason, in my view, to speed the, the adoption of virtual appraisal, because not only is the retirement going to put pressure on prices in the future, but right now, gas prices are a thing in a lot of areas of the country, and appraisers have to add that cost into their appraisals. So even if you're going and saying, well, listen, you know, can you, can you go back to maybe pre-pandemic pricing levels, a lot of appraisers are going to say, no, I really can't, because... I've got that these huge gas bills to pay and it, it costs money. So I, I do think you're going to see a leveling in the short term, but not necessarily a widespread decrease. When people think appraisals, they kind of think an appraisal is an appraisal. But I think there's, there's new things going on that people should tune into. What new approaches are going to become available with appraisals this year? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, the desktop appraisal is the biggest example of something current that's hit us. The, the idea of a desktop appraisal being that the appraiser doesn't have to physically inspect. Uh, they can use a tool like, for example, our remote bell product to go and just virtually inspect the property, scan it, get a 3D floor plan made, and then be able to submit that. So that, that is there now for purchases. What's coming in the summer, too, is going to be an increased expansion of uh, what we referred to in the past as the, the hybrid appraisal approach. So the current uh, one that's everyone knows about is the ACE PDR initiative from Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae will have uh, their own version of this as well, which will basically involve sending property data collectors out to properties to collect information about the home and then have an appraiser be able to look at that information and put together evaluation as well. So you're going to see continued adoption of the desktop. You're going to see increased acceptance and use of trainees and specialized firms that employ them. Uh, and, and so that, that's kind of the, the third thing that I've seen besides those two is the rise of a new type of appraisal firm. And I'm really excited about that. Um, we have a number of these in major markets. These are groups of appraisers, you know, six, seven, 10, 15 appraisers that have banded together and they have hired, right? Amongst them, they've hired 15, 20, 30, 40 trainees and they're working as a unit. And in, uh, in those specialized firms, as I like to call them, they have been delivering, even during the craziest times of the pandemic, they have been delivering five-day turn times for us in those markets because they just have the trainees going out and doing uh, the appraisal inspections. And then you have a really, really good uh, group of certified appraisers who are overseeing that, co-signing with them. And uh, lenders who've been taking advantage of that have definitely seen the benefit of a fast turn time, even in markets where, you know, it might've been nine to 11 days for a, a standalone appraiser to go do a report. And these, these folks are able to do five. I think you're going to see a, an increasing growth of those types of appraisal firms. And, uh, and that's another thing that uh, I think will positively impact our industry moving forward. And in addition to appraisals, what can lenders count on using remote inspection technology for the coming months? Well, I think uh, we all know what the impacts of climate change have been. Uh, it seems like every year for the last three or four years that I've been watching it, there has been a pretty repeatable and uh, predictable pattern of fires, natural disasters, hurricanes, right? all of those things that just keep on hitting seemingly the same parts of the country and they're heavily populated areas. 
So they really throw a wrench in whether it's flooding, you know, whether it's uh, ice storms or whatever. So natural disasters uh, really bring on the need for draw repair inspections. I'm sorry, uh, for for uh, for natural disaster uh, CDAR inspections, and then you also have draw and repair inspections that need to be done as you remediate homes and appraisers need to be able to do those as well as frankly inspectors. So remote inspection technology allows for that to happen without the need to necessarily drive to the property. Uh, we've been doing these for well over a year. Um, our turn times on, for example, uh, uh, disaster inspections are typically 24 hours or less, just because even if there's no power in the area or there's been an issue or problem with, uh, you know, with access to the area, law enforcement will always let a homeowner in. And they're able to give, uh, you know, they have their phone and they're able to just do a virtual inspection with us really easily. So that's that's something I'm really excited about. And I think that is something that is is going to, uh, you know, be in more widespread use as these types of disasters continue to be more predictable and expand. With some of the slowdown we've seen in the mortgage industry comes breathing room to assess the state of your operations and vendor health what are the things that lenders should ask about their AMCs or appraisal operations in-house and stress test? Well, um, I think it's very obvious that not only lenders are impacted in a down cycle, but vendors are as well, right? As volume drops, you know, we vendors are dependent upon volume. So what you will see is stability will be shaken in that down cycle. How fast are appraisers being paid? And how? And are you seeing a ton of layoffs and turnover are the two biggest signs that uh, lenders should really look for in their AMCs. When you see an AMC uh, both both uh, re- reducing its workforce and you seeing a lot of you know, even some of the more more uh, you know longer term faces that you've been interacting with suddenly suddenly turning over, that's a that's a question, right? It's a problem, uh, it, and it, it does impact service in the short term, but it also potentially can be you know a, a sign of some other other instabilities. But I think even more than that is appraiser payments, right? There, there aren't that many firms that are able to pay, you know, extremely quickly. Uh, I would say, make sure that your your appraisal management companies do have a capability to pay within two weeks of a report being completed to the appraiser. That's, uh, you know, companies like ours do 24 hours, but generally speaking, the the companies that are well-funded and have their act together are probably going to be doing two weeks or less. If you do uh, you know, or if you're looking at and, and seeing complaints where appraisers are actually doing, uh, you know, or they're, they're coming to you and they're saying, we haven't been paid, or it's been 30, 45 days since I've seen any payments from this AMC. That's, that's a stress test. You, you may want to look at that. Uh, also watch for the news on M&A. A lot of AMCs are looking for exits if they didn't get one in 20 or 2020, 2021 when they had, you know, their, their highest uh, volumes. Uh, we're we're going to see some mergers and acquisitions. We're, that's going to change the complexion of a firm. So just ask questions. If that's actually happening, just ask about who's buying you. Uh, you know what are what are their their operating uh, histories look like? You know how are they able to provide the same types of assurances you did? You know SOC compliance, all the the other pieces that lenders need to look for. Those are all things that you know uh, that are are part of looking at the stability of a vendor in times like this. You know, and finally, I would say cost of loan origination continues to climb. Lenders are reassessing what their costs are in every department. Running an internal appraisal desk is generally not a moneymaker. It's usually break even at best for for majority of lenders. But we're now seeing a significant pullback from the idea of creating an internal appraisal desk and AMC from a number of larger lenders who were who were looking at or evaluating that last year. It's a recognition that the AMC model. 
think is still the most cost-efficient, least risky way to, to do appraisal. And since the borrower pays for it, um, that does make it a lot more financially, you know, uh, palatable for, for, for a lender, especially in these times. So with that comes a need to focus on best practices, highest service levels and technology. So lenders are going to start getting a lot of calls from AMZs asking for more business. And I would just say, choose wisely. Mark, thank you for the time. And I look forward to having you back on later this summer. I appreciate it. Last week, we were reminded that excessive inflation is a real problem. Heck, just look at the price of gas. The annual pace of consumer inflation hit a 40-year high of 8.6% in May, driven by higher food and energy costs which impact all consumers. Even when stripping out those volatile costs, core inflation rose 6% over the previous 12 months, a little below the year-over-year gain from April. Based on the market's reaction to the news, there were many who were hoping that the data would suggest inflation had hit its peak in April, and this report firms' expectation that the Fed will continue to raise the Fed Fund's target rate by 50 basis points in June, July, and September. It is no surprise that consumer sentiment has been shaken, and the University of Michigan consumer sentiment hit a record low of 50.2 in June. More than half of the consumers surveyed expect prices to exceed incomes over the next two years. U.S. savings at its lowest rate since 2008, and households are increasing credit card debt. While this may provide some temporary ability to purchase, it is not a long-term driver of economic growth. Sure enough, we saw a rise in rates to close last week in response to the CPI report. U.S. inflation hit a 40-year high and is likely prompting the Federal Reserve to extend or increase its plan for aggressive interest rate hikes. Yes, it appears broad-based price pressures are becoming entrenched in the economy. Markets were hoping to see any indication that inflation is beginning to moderate, though when it comes to the Fed, it is still expected to stay on its predicted aggressive rate hike path, 50 basis points, at this week's meeting. The Fed pumping the brakes on the economy even harder raises the risk of a recession. But go to any airport or restaurant and one would believe otherwise, although spending is coming at the expense of savings. Most economists still argue a contraction is unlikely in the immediate future, but it depends on who you ask. On the bright side, Consumers are sitting on more than $2 trillion in excess savings. There are excessive job openings, household debt is low, and wages are rising for the lowest paid jobs. But that's small consolation for Americans dealing with spiking costs for basics like food, utilities, and energy. For more troubling news, we learned Friday that the preliminary University of Michigan Index of Consumer Sentiment for June dropped to the lowest reading ever on record dating back to 1978. That includes the lows experienced during the 1980-82 recessions, which at the time were the worst since the Great Depression. The index declined 14% compared to May and is down 41% on a year-over-year basis. Consumer sentiment might not be great, but the labor market is strong. Employers added 390,000 jobs in May, which indicates a resilient economy despite headwinds from inflation and geopolitical uncertainty. Total employment is less than 1 million below its February 2020 peak. This week... The latest Federal Open Market Committee announcement is on Wednesday, where expectations are for a hike to the Fed Funds corridor by 50 basis points to a range of 1.25% to 1.5%, with the statement and updated summary of economic projections followed by Fed Chair Powell's press conference. Besides the Fed, the BOE is also expected to hike rates on Thursday, followed by the BOJ on Friday. In terms of domestic data, markets will digest updates on the producer price index, retail sales, regional Fed surveys, business inventories, home builder sentiment, and housing stats and building permits with industrial production and capacity utilization and leading indicators on Friday ahead of another long weekend.
Today, the New York Fed desk will conduct the last operation on the current schedule, purchasing up to $1.7 billion of 30-year 3.5% to 4.5% before releasing a new purchase schedule, as well as the mid-June to mid-July MBS purchase estimate in the afternoon, which are expected to total just $13 billion, including the $17.5 billion APR amount, compared with the $34.5 billion in the prior period. Today begins with agency MBS prices worse at half and the 10-year yielding 3.25 after closing last week at 3.16%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Money can't buy happiness, but it sure makes misery easier to live with. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus, an Encino company, visit simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcasts from.